Welcome to Out of Game, a podcast featuring unique segments and discussions about board games, card games, RPGs, gamers, and gamer culture. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Chris, and Tim, as they go out of game. Welcome to episode 40. Episode 40. Of Out of Game. This is Ryan. This is Chris. And this is Tim. And we're a podcast about board games. Tim remembers. I forgot. What so, are we doing? Yeah, so did I. I was like, why are we here? I just figured it was 40. You'll be happy because it's a nice even, zero, even number kind of thing. I, I was pretty happy like about that. Like one of your favorite even numbers is it ends with a zero. Yeah, four zero. And, and our listeners love this too because it's been a while. Since we've had a, we've released a podcast. We're trying to do better with this, but we're concentrating on jamming as much quality as we can into this episode forty. Yeah, it's going to be a good episode. It's like a milestone. It is a milestone, and we're going to be covering a lot of 2017 action. That's right. This is going to be the 2017 gaming retrospective. Mm. Ooh, sounds fancy. It does sound fancy. But before we go all retrospective, let's jump into the spawn point. Spawn point. Spawn point. Who's first? I played a game called Tiny Epic Quest oh. recently. Was it um, epic? It was epic and tiny, and there was questing. Okay. So it was a lot like Mage Knight. It was like Mage Knight Junior. Oh, um, that's not a completely accurate thing. Just lost interest. It didn't have cards, though. Oh. So how's it like Mage Knight? With the character building aspect and the fact that you do these quests and you get these, there, you get these three meeples, and the meeples have holes in their hands see there's little plastic components if you win the scepter you could put the scepter in there and it gives your meeples abilities as they go on quests but it it was it was a good game it it had a little push your luck to it and i would like to play it again because i'm a little worried it's got a snowball effect rich get richer problem okay but it might have just been because it was the first time i played so but i thought it was fun cool tiny epic quest nice right well i uh had another uh x-wing thing we did uh Death Star Trench Run. It's a scenario put together by uh, Dagobah Dave. Okay. Uh, problem we had is it's been through many iterations. It's been played at Gen Con and stuff before, but my brother had printed out two sets of rules and kind of forgot which was the most recent one. But then the rules like weren't like similar. So like one of them said that the turrets are like you know shields uh, power twelve and you know shoot a four and this and then the other one said nothing. Okay. So it was like very. Uh, disjointed there as far as the rule set went. But so we just kind of just took what we thought would be best, combined the two together and just did one. So it was actually me and my younger brother, Chris, were together being the rebels. And then my uh, older brother, Jim, and Johnny, our nephew, was the imps and kind of did it. You had six rounds to fly down the trench and blow up the Death Star. Okay. So thing is, it did takes about six force? rounds. Got to yes. use the force. Yeah. Got to use the force. <laughs> but problem is, it took about six rounds to fly down the trench, so and you only have six rounds, but you can gain rounds by blowing up TIE Fighters and blowing up these other power-ups. And then the Imperials can use the power-ups to gain abilities like firing the surface cannons or firing the trench guns and doing stuff like that. So it's kind of a, a cool thing that you just couldn't go into the trench. You had to do other things because if you just went in the trench, you wouldn't have enough time to complete it. So you had to do surface stuff. If I was the Empire, I would build a wall, like Trump's wall. In the trench, mm-hmm. right before the exhaust port. They didn't know it was. They didn't know about it though. Yeah, they didn't know about it. Remember, that was the whole point. The whole plot of the, <laughs> the yeah, <that's> seven. 
So it was it was fun. We did it good. Uh, we actually we actually Chris and I successfully blew up the Death Star. We actually good sent job. Wedge, Biggs, and Luke down into the trench. Biggs bought it like he should, and then Wedge would have blown up the Death Star except Luke was faster. So Luke got his shot well, off. Luke first. didn't want to be overdone. Yeah, either. so he got his shot off first and actually blew up the Death Star. So but yeah. I think we're gonna play it again. It was kind of like a learning thing. We're gonna tweak a couple rules and then he's gonna try to find out what rules were. That we got wrong, that we're changing stuff, and see if you can get updated rules on that. So, but it was fun. It was a good time. It sounds fun. How yeah. long did it take? It took about a normal two hours. So we each had okay. a 125 point fleet. So we were 250 per side. It's, it's really meant for like I think 120 points. It was written for. So we were we were above that. But with two people on each side, you kind of had to you know go with that. So Do you have there's no Death Star miniature, right? No, but we printed out a awesome. My brother printed out a four by six. So it's wider than it should be, which is probably one of the problems we had. Went to, uh, you know, just went to like uh, Kinko's or whatever and printed out a four by six map of the Death Star Trench. And oh, cool. Oh, it was like a map. I thought you yeah. were like talking 3D printer. I was thinking, for a oh, God, no, 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 no. This is, yeah, just, just, just a flat thing. If that's how the Empire did it, they had a 3D printer and just generated it. <laughs> the second one. The second, the second one. one, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. I think we were going to do it again. And yeah, it was a good time. Cool. Sounds fun. So I actually played, well, we all played a game called Layers that I had talked about in a previous episode. So, yeah. And a funny story, when Ryan emailed me about it, I thought he said liars. Yeah. Let's, we need to talk about liars. Yeah. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> so I uh, just wanted to give my quick thoughts on this game. This was uh, by Naturalist Games. So I had done a Ryan reviews of one or two of their games in the past, two actually. So this was a big box game. And the the theme of this game is you're basically each like fantastical creatures, although Chris might have something to say about that later, where you're each building a layer and you're you're trying to tunnel or connect your layer to like the central mountain, which has I guess everyone wants to own the mountain. And so like the first half of the game, you're just building your layer. And then the second half, one person gets there, they become the enemy and then it becomes one versus many. And everyone just goes through that person's layer. And you go room by room, and each room has a different challenge that they have to go through. And then if they make it through all the challenges, then they win. If not, the enemy wins. That's basically the theme. It's a really cool theme, I think. We all played this together. What would you guys think of this game? I, I would say it's a cool mechanic. Yeah. Not so much the theme. The theme being you're tunneling in a mountain, and so you're thinking dwarves and elves and stuff. <laughs> but instead, you're like space creatures, and you're finding technology in the mountain which i thought was strange yeah but i like the idea of the game had two phases you know there's a phase where we're all sort of competing to get in the mountain and then it turns into a co-op game yeah when the first person gets there becomes the enemy and you have to work together that i liked it's the house on haunted hill betrayal of house on the hill. yes yeah. exactly it's <laughs> that one yeah <laughs> yeah it was a little bit like that so i like that aspect of it to me the 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 first part where you're building and trenching to get in the mountain was very kind of boring, lackluster. I don't, I don't know. It, it didn't seem that very interesting. Mm -hmm. and maybe it's just because it was the first time playing. It wasn't. It didn't seem any rhyme or reasons to take tiles that certain tiles over other tiles and stuff. Right. Other than to get to six first. Right. But the second half was far more interesting, at least from our side, because you you got to the mountain first. So we were kind of working together to get through the maze of things. So that that part of it was far more interesting. But the fact that the puzzles were like all the same puzzles, it would be nice if there was different types of puzzles versus yeah. just the one puzzle. And it kind of threw different rules on it based on, you know, you can't 
do high or you can't go low or something. Um, so I'd give it another shot, but it, I'm I'm mid mid water on it. So I don't know. Yeah, so like the the tiles were a little bit different. The only real advantage to one over the other was you wanted to get them in your color. But as far as like the challenges, there's only three different types of challenges and it's like a trap traps are one. And there are these two others. Um, I think encounter like head to head combat and then like a, like a bigger type of combat. I can't remember exactly what they were called, but, but I, I would say that the, the trap one was the most interesting. Yeah. By far. And it's, it's basically that the, the players are doing a logic exercise. Right. It's kind of like a game of mastermind. Yeah. It, it totally feels like that. And that's the most interesting, but, but I felt like what happened was after you guys figured out how to do it, it became less of a game and more of an activity. Right. And also, yeah. what did you do during that? I didn't do anything. Exactly. That, yeah. That was actually one thing I wanted yeah. to say. Like the most interesting part of the game is that challenge and the enemy doesn't do anything. Yeah. They just sit there and watch the players solve it, which it was kind of fun just watching you figure out how to do it. And I wasn't doing any, I wasn't playing. I was just like AI could have done what I was doing. Yeah. You, you basically just had to say, Yes or Miss no. or hit or whatever it was. I can't remember. And actually, if there was an app, an app could totally do that because you could just plug in. Yeah. This is our guess. And the app could tell you. Right. I mean, if they could come out, up with a way to just have it be fully cooperative versus an app, I think that would be better because I really didn't have, as the enemy, a lot of decisions to make. All the, I felt like m- most of the gameplay was happening on the allies side. Yeah. The enemy was kind of just there to like be the moderator. That's kind of what I felt like. Mm-hmm. And I raced to become the enemy just so no one else had to deal with that because I knew it was like learn you'd have to know the most of the rules. And I didn't I didn't really know, you know, what it would be like, but yeah, I, I didn't feel like I was really playing yeah. a game. Yeah. I was kind of moderating the game. Did you like the game? I was okay on it. I, I really like the idea of the game. I, I feel like if they if they could come up with more puzzles, it would make it would make the game way way better. Because I really like the idea of the of the logic or like the puzzle challenges, yeah. And if they could somehow find a way to mix those up a little bit yeah. and have more of them, because the other challenges were were kind of interesting too. Like one of them was uh, it was kind of like when you're playing cards in Battlestar Galactica, where the allies can't communicate what the power is of the cards they're playing, and you have to reach a certain number. But then everyone's playing a card, and if you play like a certain color, it actually counts as negative. And I could play a card too. So I liked that because that was a familiar mechanic. So I really, yeah, I just feel like if they can maybe figure out a way to make it fully co-op and introduce more puzzles, I think I would like it better. But I really like the art. I I can't I I can't state this enough. <clears throat> I don't know what it is about this guy's art, but I really like his artwork. It's kind of weird and quirky, but I I just think it's really cool artwork. So. I kind of hope some other games will enlist uh, Patrick Roach as their artist because the art was great. But yeah, those were uh, those are kind of my thoughts. Anything cool. else you want to say about layers? Oh no, I pretty much agree with your take. Yeah, there's there's some good things there, but it it could use a little more on the puzzle side. Maybe more variety of puzzles, make the enemy more interactive and just more a feeling of you're moving down the tunnel rather than, well, we're going to do six turns. Yeah, the, the tile bidding thing was very strange. It always be better to co-op build a path together and, like you said, have the app be the AI of the enemy. And you guys are then trying to get a puzzle path together that's going to help you get through it in the end. 
and you're burning cards the whole time trying to get the easiest path for yourself, but then there's some mechanism that's costing you more. So if you don't pay enough, then you get the harder path. And then it all gets put together and then the app runs everybody through it. So, so it's like a true co-op. So it's like a true co-op. But then you could have a you could have a trader who's trying to collapse the cave. Yes. And that's or how maybe the they put in that opposite call and then you get the harder tile versus the better tile and yeah, it'd be a little more interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, that was Layers by Naturalist Games. Like I said, it was a real interesting idea, good artwork, really interesting concept. I, I would say this is definitely a unique game. There aren't I've not played a game like this before. I don't know if you guys it have. It was very unique. Yeah. yeah. Definitely wouldn't say don't get it. I would say give it a try. And sure. see see what you guys think. It's enough spawn point. Let's move on to our table talk. Table talk. This is the Dice Tower Network. Oh my. So this episode's table talk is the 2017 gaming retrospective. It was a great gaming year. It I was. Thought. I agree. I played oh, wow. personally. I played a record amount of new games. Oh yeah. Do you know how many? No. Oh. But <laughs> no. but it's at least double. Okay. 2016. Well, that was your that was your. Well, we'll oh. get to that later. Yeah. But that might there might be a reason for that, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So I have some statistics Uh-oh. on 2017 Ooh, for myself. Stats. So in 2016, we'll start there. I played 176 unique games for a total of 434 wow. games played. That was in 2016. So Holy. I played 434 total game sessions, and 176 of those were unique games. No wonder Esther's so annoyed at you. <laughs> <laughs> now, in 2017, I played 121 unique games for a total of 245, so almost half wow, the amount of like, games. You went lazy in 2017. Yeah. Wow. Work? I don't know. I'm struggling to figure out how I played half Have the amount of games. Have you been running less gaming sessions Actually, that's what it is. I had way less uh, game days on Saturdays at my house this year. I, I probably only had one every two months. What does that oh, do to that equates to a lot of games? Yeah, that's all day Saturday. That's yeah. a lot of games. Yeah, I get a ton of games played on those Saturday game days. So that that probably is the biggest factor because our Wednesdays didn't change. The conventions right. were the same, and I think I played less games with my kids than before. So why no Saturday games? They just from being busy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so maybe maybe next year I'll try to beef that up. But overall, uh, one thing I wanted to say about 2017 is I feel like 2017, there was a lot of real big games that were like I would call narrative games. And I think this was even something that was predicted after Time Stories came out. And I think Pandemic Legacy came out the same year as Time Stories. And, and there are some predictions that this is like where the industry was heading. These games that told a story like after you played the after you play through it you could sit down and talk about the story of the game right and and I, there are a lot of games released like that in 2017 so gloomhaven was one this game it's a massive game but it jumped to number one on the bgg list it passed pandemic legacy which no one thought could happen it just like i, I think it could it's like this jaggernaut it like jumped up to the number one spot the game has over 90, maybe over 100 different scenarios Wow! that you go through. And there's like a map that you're, it's kind of like Legacy. It's more like a campaign, but the map you actually put stickers on. And you have cards that you can improve over time with stickers. It's a, it's a really cool game. That, uh, that one, and Seventh Continent is another one that was released. I'm just going to list these off near and far. Our listeners have probably heard of all these. They're all like real popular games and they all have these big kind of campaigns and stories to them so i just think that's interesting and then on gen one 
Sky Skythe. I just said Sky. Whoa. <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. It's the 2018, the year oh, where I wow. pronounce things wrong. Wow, I wish I could do the editing. <laughs> Scythe uh, announced a, an expansion, and the expansion is going to be a campaign. Mm. So it's like an eight-scenario campaign to Scythe. Ah. It's called The Rise of Fenris, which I found was interesting. What? Yeah. Fenris was like an NPC in our uh, one of our old yeah. RPG sessions. Fenris looks like a giant mech. If I'm the cover of the of the <laughs> game looks like a giant mech, so I think it might be a giant mech, but I'm not sure. Wow. Um, but and there's also some other modules it adds, but it's a campaign, and that's it's the time of the wolf. <laughs> the subtitle: the Time of Famine. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Year of the Narrative Game. That's my. Uh, my interesting, kind of overall interesting take. Yeah, ironically, I didn't play any narrative games in 2017. Yeah. You, Is that because we just don't yeah, you, have them? You play Time Stories. Oh, yeah, that's true. None of the other ones you mentioned, though. No, well, I don't bring these to game night. I actually choose to play these games solo. So I, I play Gloomhaven solo. You're playing Gloomhaven solo. Why did you bring that over? Well, I just got it recently, but yeah. I could bring it over. Yeah, I'm in. All right. Is it a co-op game? Yeah, uh, but you're but you cannot alpha game. Everyone has their own hand of cards. It's actually oh. a really cool mechanism. Everyone has their whole. Their, it's kind of like Mage Knight, actually. You have your own hand of cards. You're working together, though. You're not you're not against each other. You're an adventuring party. <laughs> yeah, you're in a dungeon, and the way it works is each card has like a top half and a bottom half, and so you have to play two cards on your on your turn, and you use the bottom half action from one and the top half of the other. Mm. It's actually four options on each card. Because there's also a generic just attack or move, just like in Mage Knight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you, so do you hate this game? It sounds a lot no, like Mage Knight. I, I actually like it. What's the difference? It felt like there is more. Well, one is the the whole scenario thing because the the leveling you have the leveling up. You when you level up, you get more cards. That's very similar. I think I like the theme better. The theme is I don't even I don't know what Mage Knight is actually. I've never been involved in Mage Knight, so I don't understand it, but. Like Jason explained to us that it was like you're all kind of like power hungry psychopaths in that game, and in Gloomhaven it felt it feels like you're more heroic. And I like I felt heroic in yeah. Mage Knight. I feel it, like a psychopath. That's because you were delusional. <laughs> I wasn't a psychopath. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? Jason said that. Well, we had, really? He said that you're you're not heroic characters. You're all like I can't remember the word he used, but. Well, my character, it was under the illusion he was heroic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As you were like, it's like Lord warmongering, Jord. pillaging. And- I was like Lord Jord. <laughs> he thought he was a lord, but he really wasn't. But anyway, it's in uh, the campaign, is, the idea is really cool. I mean, you have this huge, thick scenario book, and then everything's not even unlocked at first. You have to do one scenario, and then it unlocks future ones. Nice. And then you're, you're, you have this giant board that's just a map. And as you unlock scenarios, you you take the sticker from that city and you put it on the map. So the map grows over time, like the different sounds, locations sounds you can like, go to. Like Mage Knight. Mage Knight didn't have that. Well, it had a growing map. No, I'm talking about there's like a meta map. It's not like the scenario has a map. Oh. It's like there's a meta map for the whole campaign. Meta map. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It'd be like if in Delaire, if, if, it's, like, it's like the map is fogged. That's what it is. Okay. Like the map for the whole campaign is fogged. So you're unlocking things. So this is kind of like you can play it once through the campaign and then. Yeah. And you're, you're kind done. of done unless you, you could track things other ways. It's actually not that hard. Yeah. And someone even made like a PDF where you can, it looks just like the map. So you can just do it all on electronically. So you can oh, play it again. Okay. 
And the, there's a company that made removable stickers. Okay. So you they're can like post-it play, notes you can kind of peel off. Yeah, you can peel them off and reuse them. Nice. So, which I would actually advise because the game is really expensive. And if you wanted to play through it, like I want to play through it now. And then when my son's old enough, I want to do it with him. Right, right. And if I'm putting, I don't want to buy another copy of this $150 game oh, right. to do that when you could use like removable stickers. Anyways, 2017. It's an odd year though. It is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's not. why the play counts were down. Mm. Odd year. Maybe this year then play counts are going to go through the roof again. 18 is a good number. That was my number in hockey. It's like one of my favorite numbers. So it's going to be a good year. Okay. So (laughs) what else about 2017? That's all I had. Okay. Do you have anything else? Yeah. Let's hear it. Should we talk about our best? Oh, well, Well, sorry. I thought you were talking about the the, um, The thoughts thoughts on the year as a whole. So so for me, my my thoughts on the the year is just – the 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 mind-boggling quantity of games mm-hmm. that were released. I mean, to the point that even someone like Tom Basil, he, he can't play them all. There's nope. just too many coming out. It's physically impossible. So how, you know, getting to the point that we have all of these play it once and never play it again because well, there's, there's 300 more games that are in the queue to play because there's so many coming out that, you know, is that where we're at? We're at, we're at the buffet now where you, you take one bite of this, one bite of this one, and you never go back. You had that potato chip. You're never going to go bite it again. You thought it was pretty good the first time you bought it. Yeah, I don't like and then, that. And then you're, you're never going to go back to it again. I so like you're, eating you're on, the potato chip you, again. You're on to the 32nd variety of potato chip. And that one was pretty good, but you forgot how much that one tasted because, well, it's 32 chips ago. But you're never going to go back to it either because there's another 200 chips ahead of you. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I it's, it's almost like overload. I want to give a challenge to our listeners. Somebody out there who's listening, I want you to go – pull all of the games from the BGG database that were released in 2017 and add up the play, the play time and see if it actually exceeds the amount of hours in a year. That would be interesting to do. I I bet. Yeah. Just take the, uh, the play time for every game that was released and see how many hours. So if you're playing 24 seven, literally every, see if you could could actually actually play every play every game. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. (laughs) So much to try. Well, you begin to sleep. But it would no. still be an interesting Well, no, this is, no, no, you're hardcore, man. You're, you're yeah. doing the do. You need sleep. <laughs> doing the do. Okay. All right. Red Bull. See if anyone's willing. What, what do you think the answer is? Uh, I think you could play them I all. think you could. Maybe. If yeah, you're not you sleeping. I think you could. There were like over a thousand games released. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. If they were each average two hours, you would have a Yeah, the, the more interesting statistic would be if you included eight hours of sleep. Yeah. So 16-hour right. days times 365, you know, whatever that comes out to. Let's see if that, if yeah. that play time. I don't know, though. You have to count. You have to take into account some of these war games that take, like, 12 hours to play. This is very true. <laughs> yeah, and some, some games have a lot of variability, too. Yeah. So that's, this. Uh, 5,840 hours in the year. And if there's a thousand games, then you could easily do that. Yeah. I don't know. I want to hear. I want I want someone to do it. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about our resolutions. So let's, let's New Year's resolutions for 2017. Yeah, let's rehash our old ones. Yeah. Did, did we succeed or not? Hmm. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. So uh, mine was uh, to continue playing X Wing on a monthly basis with my brother. Okay, and both you of you, succeeded. both of you, saying no way you're going to be able to do that because you're not in control of it. But yeah, I succeeded. Still playing what monthly. Do you attribute that to um, scenarios. You know, we're not just we're not. You know, honestly, if we were doing 100 point skirmish battles all the time, I think me and my brother would have quit a long time ago. It's just not interesting enough. 
So we're doing the scenarios. We come up with our own scenarios. He finds scenarios online like the Death Star Trench run and stuff. And that keeps us interested and doing new things. You think a key thing also was that you let him, not let him win, but you helped He's, him? Yes. Because <laughs> it, yes. it might have died Yeah, because his, his winning percentage is definitely going up. He is very involved now on the fantasy flight boards. Hmm. So he's actually posting and talking and reading things and stuff there. So his game has greatly improved. And then he's kind of getting more out into, you know, what's going on and what's cool and what's not cool. And, you know, talking to some of these guys who are kind of, he's been talking to a lot of the tournament players. And he says it's kind of getting to a point of they're almost getting tired of the tournaments too because it's, it's the same thing. They come out with a ship. Everyone figures it out. It's broken or whatever. And that's all you see. So basically you spend the whole year flying against this one ship. Sounds and then like magic. Yeah. But the problem is magic, when that happens to magic, magic just goes, you can't use that card anymore. Done. Banned. Out of here. They try to cripple the ship. Uh, and then they don't it. cripple it enough and people keep playing with it. And then they try to cripple it again. And then they cripple it to a point that's like, you should have just banned the ship. Sounds like a video game. Now. Yeah. So, but yeah, I attribute to the, the, the scenarios and, and just not playing skirmishes, just, you know, keeping it interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean to ask you, did it wasn't Jim at Gen Con and he was in like second place in some tournament? Yeah, he was involved in a big um, kind of like not official uh, fantasy flight tournament, but it was someone that these guys put together as a scenario based tournament. People split up into rebels and imperials and played through uh, a linear. Not it's not linear because if the empire wins, it goes one way. If the rebels win, it goes another way. So it's kind of a snaking path based on who wins the, the particular scenarios. And then goes all the way down into a final battle. So yeah, he ended up doing really well in that and brought home a couple small prizes and stuff like that. This was in 17? This was this year, yeah. yeah. Wow. Like we did, Jim was at Gen Con and we didn't see him. Yeah, because he was involved. It was all day. <laughs> it, was, it was like eight or nine hours that he took to play. Wow. So well, good yeah. for him. But yeah, that's that's what keeps the interest is, the, is that kind of scenario play. So you succeeded. Yeah. Good job. Big win. Considering I failed miserably the previous year, I, it's, good, it's good to get the good one done. <laughs> all right. And then Ryan's. New Year's resolution of last year. Yeah, so my resolution was to become a more informed purchaser of games. Does that mean yeah. you buy a game and it ends up working out? Yes, yes. not a toad. Okay. And, and, and through like doing more research and being more selective in what I purchase. So, so you got some stats? I have some stats. Nice. So I went through, uh, I went through my magic number challenge because I had every game on there that I had acquired for 2016 and 2017 so i could compare them so in 2016 i acquired 39 games i had to put some disclaimers i am not including review copies or free games that i did not seek out and i think that's fair right yeah 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 yeah. and i'm also not including expansions or games i bought for my kids so these are just like games Games that i bought to play that would count towards the magic number basically all right so 2016 acquired 39 out of those 39 I am keeping 33 of them. Wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty good, good, actually. Yeah. And one is still on the magic number list. One got culled, and there's three that I'm considering culling. What, considering whating? Culling. culling. Getting rid of. Trashing. Culling is the... Why don't you just say That is the term used by board gamers, <laughs> oh board, board gamers for getting rid because of games. Because we can't just say throw away. Okay. So that was your 2016 numbers? Those are 2016. That's actually a lot higher than I expected. Yeah, that's be. not bad. Yeah. Well... Here's the thing I need to explain. I'm limited to the amount of space that's available on my Calyx shelves. <laughs> and in 2016, sure. <laughs> there, there was a lot. There was enough space. So not much culling happened. So now as we, as we go into 2018, my shelves are full, which means if I acquire a new game, I either have to 
magically come up with a room on my shelf or I have to get rid of something. Don't you have or you the, could put it somewhere else. No, this is the agreement I have with my wife. That is that I'm limited to that shelf space in my in my game room. Okay. Is and there I, another blank wall though for another shelf? Yes. There that's the point is though that I have an agreement with my wife. Let me just restate this. <laughs> that I'm limited to that game shelf. Yeah. And I said, well, because like, I wanted to put one on the other side and she's like she's like, no. I'm like, well what if I what if I get rid of a game? She's like, yeah, that's fine. So I'm like, okay. So I can get rid of a game if I get a new game that I like. So anyways might might be a lot more culling happening. But that was 2016. So remember, I think the key stat there is I acquired 39 games. In 2017, I only acquired 20 games. Oh, half. It's like half, yeah. Half the amount. And I only culled one of them, and there's three on the fence, just like 2016. So I think... So technically you did worse in 2017. Percentage-wise, I think I did worse. Yeah. But I bought half the amount of games I did in 2016. Which is huge, yeah. So I think think that i'm i've been successful i'm feeling successful why do you think that's worse but just if you go strictly percentage wise it's worse right right he he bought he's rounded to 40 he kept he, 14 he out bought, of 20 but just think he, he bought 40 called one three on the fence he bought 20 called, called one, one three on, on the, the fence. fence so it's the same but he bought half as many games so percentage wise he got rid of. No, a didn't lot you more keep thirty three of thirty nine? Well, in yeah, two thousand sixteen. But there's so that's like one sixth. There's one failure. still on the list though that I haven't played. But no, it's approximately one still, sixth you, failure. You got you've got forty and you called one. That's only two and a half percent. You got twenty. You called one. That's five percent. So technically, he did worse because he bought less games, but he still called had the same done. amount. Yeah, yeah. So you're, percentage you're, you're wise, you're going worse. based on what you like, though. You're going based on a negative strange word for purge <laughs> rather than rather than these are the games i'm keeping of the games Correct. i bought which is really what the yeah. resolution was i think maybe a better way to measure this would be the rank the ranking of the games that i kept yeah maybe i should do that like the average my personal ranking well out of the what, 20 in 2017 how many are you happy with all the ones that i'm keeping which is how many 17 yeah 18 16 16 out of 20 that's it's pretty good. Better than 2016. Oh, just like the... Percentage-wise. The percentage-wise. I'm pretty sure. Either that or it's, it's really close. So I guess... It, it would be. But, but I mean, the fact that you bought half as many games probably yeah. means it's a win, too, because you were more selective and you just didn't go... Yeah, that was the idea everything. was I wanted to be more selective, and I think I was definitely more selective. Yeah. Buying half the amount of games. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think buying less games raises the bar of your quality, then. Yeah, well, in should. other words, your percentage should be better since you're buying less games. Yeah, that's and that's Tim's point. Yeah, it's not necessarily better percentage. So jury's out, maybe. But I'm feeling like I'm feeling like I'm doing way more research. Yeah, I think it's successful. I mean, the fact that you bought half as many games yeah. in a year where gazillions of games came out—that's pretty huge. <laughs> right, it's true. So, and the fact that you're you're happy currently with. Most of the purchases. I mean, you're you're currently happy with 85 percent of your purchases. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and just magic number wise, 2016 I ended with 15. 2017 I ended at six. Nice. That's part of the reason too, is you didn't buy as many games. Yeah, because I was I'm really been trying to get that six. down. So yeah. there's the failure. Yeah. Although too. if you had more Saturday game groups, you might have gotten it. Would totally down. be down because those are the yeah. guys that are like Ryan. Let's get your list down. Like they're all on board with it. Yeah. Oh, so I need to sabotage. The- <laughs> <laughs> if you come more you probably would yeah 
So anyways, uh, that was my 2017 resolution. What was yours, Chris? So mine was an epic failure. So <laughs> my 2017 resolution was to finish uh, creating my game that I'm working oh, on. Oh, yeah. And I had a lot of momentum going, especially over the summer. But I kept having to go back to the drawing board because there was a flaw in the mechanic. And then we played a game. Oh, gosh. What was the name of that game? It was... Um, Nitwit. What, what was happening in Nitwit? Oh, right, 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 right. It was Nitwit. Yeah. Where there was this, the whole groupthink aspect of right. scoring. Yeah. And I had to roll that back. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I had a lot of back to the drawing board moments. Then in December, here's what, in December, I picked up all my notes. I picked up my fake game pieces that I was using and just got on a roll. Oh. I, I was able to bridge gaps in, okay. in the mechanic and I was feeling really good about it. And I got, so close to the finish line. And then I started, um, I started writing my book again. Like I, I, that was another project I had put down, uh, book three of my trilogy. Uh, a lot of people were getting on me and it just all came together over Christmas break. And so I started, I wrote 10,000 words over wow. Christmas break. Yeah. Wow. So I, I just started flowing. The writing was just flowing, but it was at the cost of my game and losing the resolution. So when we get to the resolutions of, I'll just say, 2018, I'm, I'm, I know it's bad, it's cheesy to do this, but I'm doing the same resolution. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I will complete my game in 2018. I really want to play your game. Like I would play it on a game night instead of playing other games. Because I once I play it, then I can like I, I want to like help you. Right. That's like my main reason to like sure. just give you ideas if you want them. I do. Yeah. But um, I just want to see what's what's up with your game because I like the theme and everything. Yeah, and one of the things that helped me when I was in that role of the game development is ironic, and and this is going to sound strange, but I actually thought of a brand new idea for another game, and I know I can't do that until I'm done oh, with this it's like one. in the queue, yeah, right? Yeah, and and so it motivated me a little bit. So now, what's your plan once you're done with this game? Are you? I have no idea. Are I'm you going to try to pitch it? To I'm going to need your help with it. Right. I have no idea what to do. First, I need to know if it's any good. I got ideas. If our group likes it, and if we get feedback going, and I, I want a general consensus that the game is decent because it's not just up to me. You want honest feedback. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 2018, this game, I, I'm going to be done with this game. Gods of Alvaron. That's right. Is that still the name? That's the, at least that's the development name. You call it Colts of Alvaron. Colts. Oh yeah. I could do that too. <laughs> yeah. Guilds of Avalon. That would actually probably Alvaron. Guilds of Alvaron. That'd probably sell better. We'll see. Has a less religious true, I, true. religion thing might bother people. It's my first feedback. <laughs> <laughs> so your resolution for 2018 might as well just roll right into that yeah yeah might as well because uh just what i'm finish, gonna complete this game finish I'm gonna complete the development on it development of the game okay tim why don't you give me yours yeah so mine's uh mine's kind of kind of talked about a little bit earlier my my resolution is to get more of those second and third play games in i'm kind of getting off the let's play everything new let's get back to playing the new game and then playing it a couple more times because actually, last time we played, we played. I played photosynthesis for the second time. Yeah, and it was and a lot, probably it's fun. a lot yeah. different because now you understand more of the mechanics, how things are working, and you can kind of get more strategy going. And I enjoyed it a lot more because now it's not just trying to learn the rules; it's trying to go. Okay, now let me try to maximize and and do things. So I, I want to get more of those. Yeah, the pendulum is swinging. Yes, I totally feel you. In 2016, my resolution was to play more games, more new games, and. So totally did that and then did that again last year. And I'm with you. 
this whole movement, like you were talking about earlier, of all these new games and this overwhelming amount, and I saw it at BGGCon too, I want to play games that we know. Because the it's a lot more fun that way. Yeah, I, well, I, I want to get the new games too because new games are always interesting. But, you know, it's like sitting down, you, you, you pop your cartridge in, play the video game for 10 minutes, go, done with that one. That was kind of cool. Pop next one. And you never go back and find all these little things, all these little strategies, all these other little things that you could do in the game. Because you you really basing everything off of that first play and that first play that first, first play is never going to be the best play because right. you're you're learning the game as you go. Right. So to get into the deep rules and the deep strategies, you need to play it more than once. Right. And a perfect example of that is Tiny Epic Quest is the game in the spawn point I was talking about. It's the first time I played it. Yeah. I don't want to go six, twelve, eighteen months without playing that game again because I'm going to forget how to do it and. I know how to do it, the game now, and I would love another chance to play that game. I would rather play that game again than some new game that I've never yeah. heard of. Right, because now you've, you've kind of got a basis of the rules, and now you're exactly. actually going to be playing the game as opposed to playing while you're learning. Right, right. And I th- we had a podcast once. We had an episode about this, the types of gamers. Yeah. There are actually three, but really it's those are the two. It's the play the new games versus play the old games. And I'm be interested to know from, uh, from the listeners where they stand on this. Is it, maybe I should do a, a poll. Yeah. That'd be cool. The yeah, there you go. I like it. Yeah. So let me ask you two questions. First question is we had decided after Gen Con that next Gen Con, yep. we're not going to bring games, maybe just like a few games, but the sure. idea was to buy games there and then play them. So sure. are I'm, we I'm, still on board with that? I'm, I'm totally in for that. Cause then it's, it's not, that means the rest of the year we're kind of going back, you know. And like I said, I don't want to totally cut out new games because there's new stuff coming in. Now, you know, if there's something that's really good, it gets really good reviews and stuff. Yeah, I'm all in for trying it, but I'd also like to not just play the game. I mean, to me, why why are you playing the game just that one play, that learning play, right? And then never playing it again. It's a, you know, it, it comes back to Chris's whole opinion thing where. Yeah, maybe your your learning play, maybe that just sucked because you were so lost with the rules. But if you actually played it now knowing the rules and stuff, maybe you start enjoying it more. Right, yeah. and photosynthesis is a perfect example of that. I didn't like the game the first time. But a couple of people that were fans of the game said, you know, play it again, give it another shot. And so in the back of my mind, I have that. I mean, I'd like to play that yeah. game again. Uh, because you, you don't, you you're, it's a learning game. It's not really, it you're really not really is. playing the game. Well, you know, if you, you know, if, if photosynthesis just came out and you sat down and told me, okay, we're going to play this game and it has trees and you're using the sun to grow your trees and then chop, I'll be like, I'm out. That is just <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but after sitting down and playing it and stuff like the strategy and the stuff that's going there, it's really cool. Yeah. It's I an mean, interesting mechanic. Yeah. And then now and it's like, okay, I, I totally get the theme. I, it's perfect. The theme fits exactly what you're doing. And they built an awesome strategy around it. And it's a really awesome game. But to, to hear the description of it, I'd be like. You know what I think they should add to that game would be a perfect expansion. Because I don't, I don't like how predictable the sun is. That bothers me. It's a whole strategy versus tactics thing. Like the earth yeah. rotating? Yeah. No, like, the, I don't like yeah, how you can just sit there and think ahead for so long about, you know, okay. and it, it gets. You start getting a headache. For the expansion, I think they should introduce clouds to the game that randomly pop up and block the sun. That would be annoying. That would hurt. No. I think I think that it prevents the over-analysis. But like in that game, though, you're waiting for those big turns because there's some turns you don't get anything. In real life, though, there's clouds. You can't (laughs) count on the sun. Yeah, but the the ultraviolet rays still get through and the the trees still get their nourishment. No, I don't know. I think they, they like the sun. Well, I would be okay with that as long as it wasn't too crippling. Like, I mean, it's kind of hard. So, I mean, there's, I agree. There okay. was some rounds like, you know, I would get 
12 sun points. Next round, I got like three. Yeah. So imagine now in that 12 round, I actually didn't get any. I'm, I'm done. I can't, I can't Maybe really do anything. Sh- and it, it's, it comes down to now all of a sudden you just changed the dar on the game. Now it's like I just randomly got screwed. Unless, yeah, I know. Unless, I, isn't that ironic? That's bad. But I think it makes the game better because you're not – it prevents people from thinking too strategically I think more it'd be, tactically. I think it would be more interesting Plus to – Plus the clouds can provide rain and so maybe that gives you a different resource. Well, that's what I was going to say. If they mm-hmm. could – if they balance it on the other end where the turns that you're going to get a bad turn, you could maybe get something better – yeah. So it's not always just hurting you. Yeah, well, yeah, right, right. <laughs> some like, yeah, like there's rain and rain because of the rain, you get some. Yeah, it never know, rains in benefit. that game. How are these trees growing? <laughs> it's in Southern California. They have like a sprinkler system. Well, no, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, leaching through the ground. It's a big underwater uh, lake down there. It just kind of seeps up through expansion. the roof. I don't know. Fireman Trader or Fire Smokey the Bear expansion sounded more fun. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, in, <laughs> insect infestation. You can like. That would be a great thing, too. You could have a trader element. Yeah, you like start fires. Fire. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know that's one thing that uh, we were saying last time. You know, it'd be really nice to be able to take someone's tree out. Because, like, you know, I got to the center yes. first, I planted a tree in the center. I left it there the whole game because yeah. I didn't want anybody else to have the center. And then the last turn, I harvested it with enough time that no one else could actually grow a tree there and harvest it. We thought it'd be funny if you had like little cardboard fire things that you could put on top of someone's trees <laughs> to like burn them down. So let me jump into my, cause interestingly, Tim, yeah, you and I have a very similar resolution. Oh, really? So now that my magic number, I feel like it's coming to a close. It's, it's, it's going to happen. You're at six. Yeah. yeah. It'd, it'd be very hard pressed to see you not completing that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So I'm kind of moving on to, and the shelves are full too. Yeah, this I think Esther's factor. rule might yeah. help you. Yeah. So it's now it's making me look at my collection and and to be honest, because I've been focusing so much on the magic number, I have a lot of games on my shelf that I've only been played once that I really want to play again. So I've been kind of thinking in my head that after I'm done with the magic number, I'm gonna start the the three X challenge. The three X challenge is to play every game in my collection three times. Wow. And this is an odd number. I just want to point out this is an odd number. So part of the resolution is that I have to overcome the three problems. Why didn't you say two? No, actually, it's not because you've already played it once. You're actually only playing it two more times. No, you're actually making it even because you only have to play two more. I'm going to start it over though. Oh, you're going to start. I'm resetting. Yeah. Okay, you're resetting. Resetting. Why don't you make it two times? Because I don't think two is enough. Because like one is the learning game. I feel like you need the learning game and then two more games. So maybe I should wear like that. Learning game plus two challenge. The idea is I, I feel like three is the right amount to get a good feel for a game. And here's how I'm going to implement this. I'm going to buy little stickers that are like uh, like cir- the little circle dot stickers. Of course, yeah. I'm going to put three on every one of my games. And then as I play them, I'm going to take them off. So I can glance at my shelves and see like which uh, ones glance. are left. Yeah. Nice. Makes yeah. sense. So And it will annoy me that the stickers are there. So I'll be wanting to take, them, be wanting off. To take them off. You better make sure you better do some testing with those stickers. Yeah. Make sure they don't peel no off. No residue. Paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. So yeah, I'm gonna and I'm probably gonna post this on Board Game Geek as like a not a yearly challenge, but just kind of an ongoing challenge for so other people could join it. Where you just kind of have your collection there and then you keep track of the games as you as you try to play them each three times. Yeah, just make sure you don't call it the three peat challenge because then you could get sued. <laughs> so wait, is your resolution to complete this? No, because it's not there's no way I could do that. So okay. my resolution is just to kind of start it. Start it. To start this challenge and start doing it. Because I like, I definitely need to play some of my games more. Like I've spent quite a bit of money on the game, so I, I counted my games. I have four hundred twenty-five games. Four hundred. And out of those, how many have you only played once? I would say probably at least half of them. 
So 200 something. Yeah. So you should come up with a benchmark for your new year so we can decide it. We, we have no metric for success or fail. Uh, I would say, so I played, how many I played like 200 something games this year? Why don't we say 50? Okay. 50 games, three times. And that'll give me room to play other games too. Okay. Yeah. It's a good goal. So 50 games, 50 of my existing games, play them each three times by the end of 2018. Good idea. I like, I like give it good. Me, it's good. Give the me triple play. Yeah. I like it. Uh, all right. I think that's achievable. Yeah, I think I could, I could do it, especially if yeah. you guys are both wanting to play games right. more often. So yeah, see, that's funny that ours two, our, ours dovetailed. Yeah, at the same that year. happened like a, a, the year that because I had a resolution one. Yeah, year. you both had the resolutions yeah. to play new games. Mine was to year. teach more new games, like be better at teaching them. Yeah, to, Chris was to, to play. play yeah, yeah, yeah so it worked funny. out. I like that synergy. So moving on now. Now moving on. it's time for the best and worst games of 2017. Yeah. So what we're doing in this segment is. The game, well, we're doing the top five games that were new to us in 2017. So they weren't necessarily released in 2017. It's an important differentiation. But they're new games to us. And we might throw in some other categories too. Bottom three. I think Chris maybe has that. (laughs) Well, don't we all? (laughs) Uh, I don't, but I could think of one. I'm sure you could. Oh, yeah. I could easily come up with a I think some of them are going to be crossovers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking so, yeah. So We're going to try to make the episode a little more positive, though. So we'll focus on the positive, at least for now. All right, well, why don't we start with number five. five. Number five, the fifth best game that was new to you in 2017. Tim, why don't you go first? You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to throw it out there. It's kind of a tough one, but I'm going to go with The Godfather. Ah, okay. Good uh, pick. Only played that once at Gen Con. This actually happens to be a 2017 game, too, so which is good. But I actually had a really good time, and uh, I actually would like to add this one to my list of games I would like to play for the second and third time. Okay. So... Chris has it. Yeah, so. you know, Godfather didn't make my cut. Wow. But it, it was in my top games of the year. I have five other games that are better. Which is weird because Chris bought Godfather. I know. It's, it's Chris, one of I, your two games. I'm, like, I'm like looking at it right now. It's like sitting right there. <laughs> sitting in the corner. I like Godfather. Great. Godfather was a great game, but I had other games that were a little more, uh, it, you know, it barely didn't make my cut. Cool. I could I could have put it on there. Then that. let's hear. What is your number five? My number five is Wallenstein. Wallenstein. Is Wallenstein. It Wallen- Wallenstein. I almost had it. <laughs> Wallenstein. So I don't think this game was released last year, but I played it for the first time and I really liked it. I've been wanting to play this again ever since we played at BGG Con. What's the noise? We've gotten it out twice to play it. Yes. And yes. then you actually started setting it up last yeah, week. Yeah, I actually yeah. started setting it up and we got trumps. <laughs> and then, you know, I saw the tower coming together and I was getting excited. Yeah. yeah. So this game is, it's, I just had so much fun playing it. The mechanic isn't perfect. There are flaws with it, but it does a lot of things that I like in just in games in general in all, all in one. So yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, if, yeah. That's a great game. I would, that was probably in my top from last year. Cause I, that was the first time I played it. Cause I think that was my favorite game I played in at BGG con two yeah. years ago. Huh? So very good choice. This is one of the ones I want to play three times. Yeah. Like I'll it, help it'll with definitely that. be on the list. Yeah. I think we have to start making the three play list. Yeah. That's what we're going to have to start doing. Yeah. yeah. As they come out. So my number five is Clash of Cultures. Good pick. So this was, if you recall, my favorite game that I played at BGG Con. It was a magic number game that sat on my shelf for a year and a half or two years before getting it played. Wow. And so you own this crazy. Yeah, I own it. I love this game. I'll just say right now, this is also on my list. Okay. We'll we'll get to it later, but I agree 
hundred percent. The problem with this game is the play time. It's long. Yeah. So if we're going to do this one on a, on a Wednesday, we have to start it right, right away because we might not finish it, but it's a really good, uh, civilization style game. I'm on the fence. If I like it better than through the ages, I, I know, I know Chris and Tim, I don't think yeah, you guys have played, played that, but I haven't played either. So through the ages is all cards. So it's less visual, but it's a really, it's a really, really good game actually. And it has an awesome iPad app. If you want to try a great game, just buy the, it's a $10 iPad ages. app. Yeah. Through the ages. Is um, Android but, too. Uh, no. Oh, there might be. I'm not sure actually, but I bought on the iPad. You kind of need a big screen. Yeah. So I, I do stare at your iPad there and I'm quite jealous. Of yeah. The, the iPad pro is great for playing board games. It's so nice. Uh, but clash of culture is really great civilization game. Uh, my number five, number four, uh, I'm going with time stories. Okay. So as the first play, we actually kind of, I'm surprised. We got through sauce con on there and we got halfway through. Was it the third one? Yeah. And we've, been in a state of yeah i need to speak up freeze i'm sorry i need to speak up you know what the problem is our, our pods are currently malfunctioning <laughs> we're in the middle of a, a a transfer back in time and the pods are stuck i know what chris is gonna say he's gonna say that let me predict your, your statement that this game is not my number two game because yes. i haven't played it in a year yes this game is officially <laughs> overrated if it wasn't overrated, you guys would be playing it. You would we, figure out a way to play it. We had the pandemic legacy thing going yeah, on. There's, so that yeah, was there's, there's the reasons problem. and stuff. But if you really wanted to play this game, and if it was truly a number two game, you would push other things out of the way. Here, so that you you know what it. I think it is? I think it's the, the scenario three is a dud. That's what I think. That's part of so we're story, we're halfway though. through that one, yeah. and I don't I di- I definitely don't feel like we've been that motivated to finish it. But that's that's part of time stories. In fact, you can't go to four without completing three, right? You can, you can, you could. But don't you get things at the end of three that you might need? We could just skip that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, that not sure I understand that whole thing. That the better you do, the more rewards you get at the end, which makes it easier. Shouldn't the worse you do, the more help you get? No. No, that's makes socialism. No sense. No, you're rewarded for success. It makes you try harder. <laughs> yeah, but that, that makes that makes the, that, but that makes the next one just easier because you spread already, the wealth around. You're already good. So then they're gonna give you more help to make it even easier for you the next time. Whereas if you really suck at it, they're not gonna give you any help. It makes no sense. You should be punished for doing poor. Just like real life. Well, yeah, but this is a game. This is supposed to be enjoyment. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, if you know if <laughs> not you, this game. <laughs> No, I, I, Time Stories is okay, but I think we all need to admit it's just okay. So here's what happened. I was extremely excited because I was going to bring it on Wednesday, this last game night. And then Tim canceled last minute. Yeah. So I didn't bring it. And then when I got here, Tim was here. <laughs> so it was going to get played and we were going to hand it off to you guys that to play Scenario 3. Cluster. But now it's going to sit unplayed in my game room for two months while I'm in California. Yeah. So... When we get back, that should be like... Yeah, it should be our number one thing to do. Yeah, we, should, we need to finish I, it. I think we should. Because some of the new uh, scenarios sound really fun. Yeah. Like one of them, you're, sh- you're shipwrecked in the Antarctic. That sounds cool. And then there's... Uh, we haven't even done the Egyptian one yet. Oh! Which gotta Tim's just waiting gotta for. Gotta do that one. Uh, and then there's a Spanish-themed one. So I'm still really excited to play. I just feel like we need to get over the hump. We need to. You know what it feels like? Feels like you're like when you're in a really good video game, but there's that one level that you just don't like, and that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, we're stuck yeah. on the level. But typically in those video games, you don't rank them as like the best video game if that happens. 
You, no, you're right. It was several months. If, if you're, if you're several into, months of stagnation. I can't argue with you because of the statistics. You know, because Jess right. and I were playing this one Lord of the Rings video game, and we kept getting stymied on this one level, and we, we probably played it 60 times mm-hmm. and never could get through it. We both got ticked off. We quit playing. Went back to it like two years, literally like two years later. We're like, eh, let's just throw it in. We throw it in. We beat it the first time we played it. Wow. So I'm like, okay, either we were really dumb or we just got <laughs> really lucky. And then we finish the game, and then we're done, and then just, you know put it aside. Mm. Part of the problem is not everyone's been there every game night, too. That's been a problem, too. Ahmad hasn't Ahmad been has there. Been, Nathan you know, hasn't Ahmad's, been there. Well, There's Nathan's all, usually there. It's but Ahmad, he missed one Ahmad's or, the, or two. Ahmad's the hard one. Yeah. Plus, Ahmad doesn't get there till 7 or later, so we're not starting till 7. So pretty much that's our whole night. I would say there's probably been four or five game nights where we potentially could have played this, though, yeah. and we didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so. asterisk. Asterisk. It's right. fair. That's fair. My okay. number four. Your number four. Mage Knight. Oh. So this is a game I played for the first time at BGG Con. And we we talked about this on a previous podcast, so I won't go totally into it. But love the game. Totally get it. There's a lot of buzz, obviously. We have some of our, our group really, this is like their number one game. And I can see what they see in it. I, I loved it. Love to play it again. Again, it's one of those long games, though. Yeah. So Mage Knight number four. Ryan, number four. My number four is The Godfather. Yeah, there you go. So here's what happened with The Godfather. I really enjoyed it. I think it was my favorite game of Gen Con. But I, I, and you won. I won. And then I won. And it actually even made me want to go watch the movies. So I, I rented the first two movies and watched them just because of this game. And what would you think of them? <laughs> Don Graham. <laughs> the movies were okay. But here's, here's the problem. I thought about buying this game. And then I realized that I don't necessarily... I have a problem with the theme. I don't like that the... Like the resources in the games are drugs and guns. I don't know. It just yeah. if it if it was some other theme, I would like it like better. Swords and and arrows. Yeah, something <laughs> something more, that you know you're murdering. Less realistic. Po- ponies well, and drugs. Rainbows. Though I mean, drugs is pretty. I've never. They're, I mean, they're narcotics. They're not drugs. What's they're, the difference? It could be legal legal stuff. <laughs> you know, some of the, some of the painkillers and stuff. They're 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 class A narcotics. But you know, you're giving the people what they want. Yeah. I don't know. I just have a problem with the theme, but it's still my number four. That's how much I like the actual gameplay. Yeah. And the fact that you that Chris owns this, I don't really see the need to buy it. Yeah. Just like the Cyclades issue. Except it's not my number one game. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, my number true. four, The Godfather. Okay, now moving on to number three. Yeah, number three. We're going with the uh, Century Golem Edition. Golem. Gollum, Gollum. So, yeah. Worst name we've, of a game, but yeah, great game. Is, it is. But yeah, great game. Uh, we've played it several times, several times at Gen Con. I don't know if this hit the tables recently at our Wednesdays, though. So I, I imagine that's one that we're going to have to pull off. That's at least one that we've gotten the two to three plays out of. So yeah. that doesn't need to go onto the two to three playlist. But if someone breaks it out, I will I will this, always play this one. This game is a great crossover game. Yes, it is. I agree. And and it's on the side. Most crossover games are on the, the, the lightweight side. This game, I don't think, is on the lightweight side. This is on the strategic side, but it's still a crossover game. This game is really special. I, I think this it's so simple, but fun, and it's different every time you play it. Yep. And the, you, the play mat, it's it's thirty bucks, but yeah, you, you know, it's that. only it's only like seven piles of cards. Gotta buy it. But it it is it is so nice. Yeah. It just the way they've got it laid out and stuff, a great arrangement. It's it's worth the thirty bucks. Yeah, it is because you'll you get your money's worth. You're gonna play this game a lot. Yeah. I think I I need to. This one needs to. It's like on a cool down period for me because we played it so much. I started. I'm starting to get. Bur- I started to get burned out on it. That's mm-hmm. why I didn't really want to play. You it. get burned out easily. Yeah, 
I, I admit that. But it, but if I let it cool down for a little bit, I'll be interested again. Yeah. I just need to let it sit a while. Because um, but I was going to ask you, did you ever play Splendor? No. I'm looking at Chris. Okay. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. We played. Do you, Do you notice some similarities with with Gollum Edition and and Splendor? I don't. You know, it's been too long, probably, since I've played Splendor because I'm not. I can't think of anything. Okay. I mean, it's it's. The weight and everything is similar. And the reason I'm asking this is I think you should try Splendor, Chris, because it's it's very similar as far as how complex the rules are versus how much thinking there is. A lot of people are saying that Century replaced Splendor, but I actually like them both and would play them both. Hmm. So you might want to give Splendor a try. Who has it? I've got it. Okay. I'll no. give it a shot. There you go. All right. Where are we? You. Tim. So I thought it was my number three. We're starting the repeat. So my number three is Clash of Cultures, which we already talked about. Yes. And my gosh, this game was so much fun. Yeah. It's long, but it was very well made. I love Civilization, so I like games like this. And it's literally not only different every time you play, but it's different within the game among the players. Every, you know, it's, it's just a great game. I highly recommend this game. I don't know if this game is in print anymore. One thing I would say. Really? Yeah, I don't know, because it, it was released a few years ago, so games don't really stay in print that mm. long sometimes. But what, one thing I would add is there's an expansion for this game where every faction has their own special ability, and I don't think you need it. Right. Because the game was so, already, you're so differentiated so from each pets, other. Right. Yeah. And Jason even said, I, like, when he first said it, I didn't th- he didn't think he needed it, I was, like, kind of skeptical, but after playing it. So my point is, don't worry about getting the expansion. If you want to find this game, just go find the base game. That's more than enough from what I can see. Or number three, number three still. Ryan. Oh, my number three. Yeah. So I don't think you guys have heard of this game. I've never talked about it to Whoa. you. But when I was going through my list, I ranked them the same way I do my top 100, and this popped up in number three. And it is Murano. So Murano is in this series of games by um, Lookout Games. So some other games in that series are Agricola, Caverna. Kind of not surprising then that it's on Ryan's list. Yeah, Lahav, Gates of Loyang. And it was a game that sat on my shelf for a long time. It was a magic number game that I played last year. I played two-player with Esther, which is why you guys don't know about it. And I really enjoyed it. It's a game that has... Doesn't have a lot of rules, but but has a lot of depth. So like easy to learn, easy to remember the rules, but a lot of depth when you're playing. Okay. So I really enjoy this. This is probably one that I'm going to bring to our game night for us to try, knowing that it's a good game already, and that I think you guys will like cool. it. Cool. How many players? Uh, it goes up to four, I think. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So Murano, my number three. Murano. Number two. Going to throw out the old photosynthesis at number two. Wow. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this. Uh, second play only. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. The strategy is really cool. Wow. The, the second game I played was way different than the first game I played. Um, I believe it was Aras's first time playing. And he did really well just on his first play. He was he actually had some... He, he was on the, the, the famine and feast schedule. He had a couple of turns where he was getting 14, 15 sun around, and the next round he'd get like three or four. Yeah. So I think his next play, he'll figure out how to even that out. Because I was getting probably, you know, the eight or nine to ten around. So I was getting more in general because I was keeping more of a consistent thing. And I think that's what you get through the second plays is you figure out how to spread out a little bit more, block other people, not get blocked. So I honestly think the biggest flaw in his, the biggest difference between 
his play and ours was we both had one more tree than him. Yes. That, that we grew and harvested. Yeah. Because at the end of the game, he didn't have, he couldn't harvest a tree. Yeah. He didn't have enough to get it through the stages in order right. to do it. Yeah. So I think that was a big difference. So that game, you really do have to watch other people and just kind of stay in pace with them. Yeah. It seems like. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the having it on your board to moving it to your, I can play it area to putting it on the board. And I think he was getting the stuff on the board. But then he kept forgetting to move things from right. his play area to his I can go planted area. Right. So, you know, and obviously next game he, he's going to be able to correct that. And I think that's why that, you know, it, it ends up being a pretty strategic, fun game. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just going to say my number two is also photosynthesis. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I think this is a great, abs- wow. it's an abstract game, but wow. it's a thematic game too. Yeah. Like the theme, you can explain the entire game with the theme. I love games like that. But just tell people, trust me, it's good. It right. It's not dumb like it sounds. <laughs> no, I actually thought that I, I actually like that the theme is true. So it's just weird. I like weird themes like that. But what I mean is I like games where you can use the theme to explain the rules. Yes. And it helps it make sense to them. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Like this tree can't grow because it's bigger trees in front of it. Yeah. It like, totally makes sense. Yeah. If, if they're like ice house pyramids, like from the pyramid arcade, <laughs> yeah. you, it would be annoying, like trying to explain why. Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah, photosynthesis, everything that Tim said, and it's a beautiful game. It really is. And it's inexpensive. Like, because it's all cardboard, I think it's maybe $28 to get this game on cool stuff. That's a really good deal for this game. So I must two. be really wrong about this game. You need to play it again. You need to play it again. Yeah. I it's, think that, it's that single play. I mean, I we also played yeah, it later in the night, and so you might have already been kind of checking out. And you played it. it with four people. I actually think this one's better with two or three. And both times I've played it, I've been with three. Uh, first time, I can't remember if I did three or four. Because the first player token passes to the left, so you could have a turn where you have to wait yeah. like six turns before you go again. And if you're playing with four people, it could be like up to eight turns. Yeah, I'll have to give this another shot. Yeah, photosynthesis. So that two. was your number two, number two. So... So uh, century. So th- this game is something we, some game we all like. This is a great game. Can't say enough about it. Play yeah. this game. <laughs> and, Buy the mat. And if you can't get the Gollum edition, the Spice Road edition is the same. It's the same yeah. exact game. Well, and the good thing if you game. go with the Spice Road edition too is the continuing series of games two and three that they have in the yeah. series will only work with the Spice Edition. Yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that the Gollum Edition was popular enough that they'll do that with the other games. I don't know. But I, the other games might not be as good either. It's, it's, double, it's double producing the same game. I mean, that's that's expensive. Yeah. You know? But the advantage is they're selling it directly to the public at full price. It's true. So this is true. they're probably making a bigger margin. They're, they're definitely the making Gollum a bigger edition. margin that way, for sure. But, yeah, I really hope they do the, uh, the Gollum. So we're on number one. Number one, one. yeah. Best so, game of 2017. So Mine is not a 2017 game. I, ha- I had three 2017 games on my list, which I thought was fairly respectable. But this one, um, Castles of Med King Ludwig. Which one is this? You didn't. Pl- I don't think I you don't played think you played this one. This is this I was, was first the Sauce Boss. This was the Sauce Con last year. I played. You know what happened is we did Sauce Boss at Sauce Con, and this game won surprisingly. Like it was like the average. Uh, of was the this votes. the game when I was in the uh, yeah. Cosmic Encounter? Yeah. Game? Yes, okay. I think so. So yeah, play this, this in there. This is your number one. This was the number one for for the twenty seventeen. Tell, tell yeah. us about it. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're basically you know building a castle for the, the crazy king, and <laughs> you're everybody gets a turn to be the kind of I don't know I guess call him the uh, real estate person because they he, basically all the rooms are out there, and you decide how much each room is going to go for. 
And so that's how, you know, if there's rooms that you want to keep and buy yourself, you can kind of make them really expensive so no one wants to buy it. But at the same point, that's how you earn your money. So you want to make some things kind of expensive, but not too expensive so people actually invest and buy it because then that's how you're going to get your money to buy your stuff next turn. And then there's a bunch of um, goals across the game of, you know, number of round rooms or number of underground rooms, a bunch of secret goals that you can complete that are like that also. So you're kind of building out your castle, connecting rooms and stuff. And each room, it's kind of like on the room it says, hey, you know, if you connect this to another room here, you get plus one. It's so very it's, spatial. It's very, very yeah. spatial and very much, you're actually actually constructing the castle from all these odd-shaped rooms. Yeah. And mm. it's just, it was really fun to do. We played it, I think, twice at SauceCon. And then we, and then played, we played it again, again at, at uh, so the Wednesday three play, The three plays. Yeah, so I got the three plays. I, I still like it. I, I think it's a great game. If we ever break it out, I'd play it again. One thing I like about this game, it, I feel like there's just enough rules in it to keep the game interesting yes. every time. There's just enough options. Not too many. There's like a, a some different paths to victory to obscure who's winning. Uh, it's like just the right amount. Yeah. And, and yeah. Hit Suburbia is another game by the same designer. And I feel that that is the same kind of oh. concept. I really like his his games. He makes good. He made I'm One good. Night Werewolf too. Hmm. Same designer. And then, uh, of course, uh, Nathan has the the custom insert. Yeah. Which is insane because, you know, there's what is it, like eight, eight or nine of, different room types. They're all different shapes. There's L's, there's circles, there's squares, there's rectangles. And this this insert basically has a, a slot for each of those, so you can sort them and get them out perfectly by size. And it's an insane insert. It's it's crazy, but it's very cool. All right, I think I know Chris's number one. My number one game is the number one game. This game is so good. Whatever all my other ones are, there's a huge gap between this game and all the other ones. Captain Sonar, the Runaway Leader. Oh, yeah. I love this game. This game was built for my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much fun playing this game. Every time we played this game, people start tiring of it, and I want to just keep going. I do not get tired of playing this game. I could play this game all night, oh, one wow. after the other after the it's other. It's the new One Night Werewolf for you. It is. Yeah, although One Night Werewolf isn't mentally exhausting. This is true. And Captain Sonar games, how long do they last? Maybe 30 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I could just go one after the next. I love this game. Wow. This game is it's different every time. There's a lot of strategy involved. Oh my gosh. Everybody's got their role. There's teamwork. You you have to focus on a lot of things at the same time. Love this game so much. I, I can't wait to play it again. I love the radio operator. You have a crush on the radio. I have operator. a crush on the radio <laughs> operator. And the other the other stations I don't really like that much. So I it's it's kind of like I only like this game if I'm the radio operator. And I wouldn't want to be the captain. It's like too What about the other tasks? I don't like them. The radio operator is where it's at. Drawing the, the map. The, the first officer is the most boring. Yeah, that's like job. for the new player. Well, you could combine those two. The, yeah, jobs. Those, that'd be more interesting, actually. Combine. Yeah, that'd be more. If you did six player, you could do that. Yeah, you should look into the the um they they made an, another version of the game for two to four players that you could actually play. Like you could play against Amy, just like yeah, one on one. And it's I think it just distills it down to where you're basically just like the two radio operators versus. Yeah, each other. but yeah. Uh, I don't know if this would be a a lightweight game. Would it for like a non gamer? Uh, that's the reason they they redid it. They like they made it more streamlined to be more of a family game. Okay. So I mean, I've never I haven't played it, so I can't I don't have personal experience with it. But that was the idea. Yeah, for me, about two of these in a row, and then I I need the mental break because yeah. it's I get tired too. I'm, it's very stru- uh, it's very stressful and it's very very mind uh, mind intensive. intensive yeah. So you know what the hardest thing for me <laughs> that game is is when you have to um, when you emerge or whatever and you have to draw the lines because I have the shaky <laughs> hand problem and I could never do it like I have to do it real slow 
So it's like I'm a I I'm like an automatic handicap for our team because of my shaky hand That's problem. That's funny. Yeah, you have to like draw this line perfectly around the submarine. So yeah. I, I'm not very good at that. Yeah, I mean, I just love this game. Don't play it enough. Yeah, it is a good game. Did not make my list though. No, didn't make my list. Not even in my top ten. That's okay. Yeah, I like being unique. Yeah, <laughs> we know. <laughs> my number one. I don't know if it's going to surprise you guys, but is it, it is, gonna have an asterisk? No, there's no asterisk on this game. This is Downforce. Oh, God. I was going to say, I hope it's not Downforce. <laughs> Number one game. <laughs> what? 2017. So Wow. You got to be kidding. No. So I played this game at least five to ten times since we played it at, wow. at uh, Gen Con. And we had an anomaly game that made you guys not like the game. That's what happened. So we are under the impression after Gen Con that the one side of the map was broken and that if the person just jumped ahead, they would win every time. And that has never happened in any other game I've played. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Okay. So your assertion is that we had maybe a bad, it was a bad example and we let it spoil us. And so the game is better than we thought. Yeah. Having said that, you're putting this game ahead of like century and classic cultures and games that are clearly better. No, no. Here's the thing. This, this has become probably my go-to gateway game. Downforce. So I've uh, I've brought it to uh, my parents. They loved it. I brought it to like my pastor and his wife. They loved it. I brought it to uh, we went to visit someone and I played it with. Oh, actually, we didn't play it that night. But point being that it's it's like my number one go to gateway game now it's to like teach game. new gamers. I'll buy that. And this is a good gateway game. And then I played with Esther. She really liked it. So it's it's one of those games like Century that you can play with pretty much anyone. And everyone I've played it with so far has been asking me, like, where can I buy this? You know, is it on Amazon? Like they they want to buy it. So and I wow. and I still have enjoyed it. Every single time I've played it, I've had just as much fun. So I think we had a bad experience. Could we, we played twice though, didn't we? Yeah, we played a couple times. The first one you guys were fine with. It was the second game where someone jumped ahead and everyone bet on that person the whole game. So all those, all yeah. the bets were nullified and they won. So it came down to just what your auction was. Right. And we thought that was going to happen every time, but it it's never happened since then. My, my, my biggest problem with that game is, and it happened to be every single game we played, is I ran, of car, I ran out of cards in my hand that would propel my car forwards. That's happened so, to me every game, but uh, someone else always has a card that finishes me. Yeah, see, yeah, I, I would, I would just, I but would that's always that's fall a off low dar, though. I mean, that that is your. Well, I mean, how, how much is what you're doing affecting the game? You're playing; game? it's affecting a lot because you're playing the cards for your own car. You're playing cards to advance the cards that you bet on, and then you have wilds that you could use for any car you want. Yeah. So, I mean, I I've actually won the game. A majority of the times I've played, and I and I don't think it's just because of random luck. Okay. Even even the betting, there's some strategy to the betting because how much you spend on the car. If you bet six on the car, you're you're not getting a big return, even if you yeah, win. Right. Exactly. And so, like, you have to be strategic in the betting and, and everything too. So yeah, I'd, Fascinating. Probably, I'd, I'd yeah. probably like it better if there wasn't the betting in the beginning. Yeah. Actually, the actually betting like in the, the betting. beginning almost seems stupid to me. I liked. I like it. Yeah. Uh, oh well, one thing I would say to Tim is. I don't maybe when you were betting on cars, did you look at the ones you had the most oh, yeah. points in? Yep. And I still never had enough to get me halfway around the track. That surprises me. That yeah. that's never happened to anyone in a game I played. I don't know what. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, you know, cause you get a hand of six or seven. Uh, well, no, you have way more than that. There's way more than that. Cause I, I never, I never, I literally got 
two thirds of the way through the track, and then I had nothing. Well, two thirds makes sense in my hand. Yeah, that could get me through, and then everybody else was playing. You know, I just my car would huh. never finish. Yeah, that that I, I found that frustrating. Yeah, where I wasn't getting the cards I needed for my car, and other people weren't playing them either. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very because you're just sitting there. And it's like okay, so I, I pretty much have to rely on my bets. The win. betting, yeah. but then if even if I get my bets right, the person who finished first is going to get points for finishing first. So that's just as important as getting the bet right. Because if y'all get the bets right, still the, first the re- place that's car the is reason I like stop. the betting is because you have a little more control. Yeah. Than over, you know, maybe you have your car isn't good. Maybe you don't have cards for your car, but you can bet based on what you know yeah. at least. Yeah. And in, in music to my ears, there's a friend of mine, Aaron, who. He has Formula D, and I, he played Downforce with me, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of Formula D. And go oh, fool. I was like, ah, oh, yes. Fool. That, that is fool. To my ears. I'll agree with that. Uh, fool. <laughs> that's so, a, but that's a dice game, though, right? Yeah, it's a dice game. But uh, they've already announced an expansion for this with more tracks and more race powers. So I would hope so, because yeah. that's like the easiest thing they can do. I mean, that's what oh, yeah. Formula D did, too. Yeah. Here's the base game, and oh, we're going to come up with track after track. Yeah, after I'll track probably track. buy enough expansions to like fill the box, and then I'll be good. All right, you've convinced me to try the game again. All right. I'm still skeptical it. this is your number one game, though. I think, game. I think it's a number one game for Gateway. I've played it more than any of the other games on my list, and it's still my Why don't number we, one. We don't play it in Gateway. That goes against how I... Because I, I haven't played it with you guys. You guys didn't like it, so I stopped bring, I didn't bring it. Yeah, I've just played it other places with people that do like it. Okay. It's a lot more enjoyable when other people like it, too. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Number one, best game, 2017. Right. Wow, that's the biggest surprise of the night. I would, I would agree. I would agree. Well... Anything else, Kristen? Do you have some other things to say about 2017? Real quick, I have a couple. End on a downer? No, no, a couple, <laughs> a, a couple honorable mention games. Oh, I want to say. So, uh, Godfather. Obviously, we talked about that. Uh, Targi. Targi was a game <sighs> Ryan introduced yes. me to. I liked that game. That didn't make my top five, but it, it was enjoyable. Dark Stories. You know that that was a game that's like a filler, waiting in line, you know, type of game, but underrated. Yeah. Celestia. Celestia was a good 2017 game, and Stockpile. It's another game I only played one time. I've been dying to play this game again. It's a heavy bidding game, but you you feel like there you're, you're there's a lot of decision making in there. I think you forgot a game. I probably did. Seven Wonders Duel. Seven Wonders Duel was good too. Yeah, that wouldn't be in my top five either, but I did like that. Okay. Anything else? So my my honorable mentions were uh, Unlock. Unlock is one of the Escape Room series that was my number six. Just barely missed the list, but after playing Unlock and Exit, th- what's better about there's two things that I think are better about Unlock, and actually oh. this goes against what most people say. Uh, most people are saying Exit is the best, but Unlock you can re reuse it. And the other thing I like is. Something that's annoying about Exit is that all the puzzles are in that book. Yeah, that was really annoying yeah, when we played that. And you have to like you have to share the book. Yeah, we had six of us trying to play, <laughs> trying to share one book to solve puzzles. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, the escape room where everybody was able to break up and solve different puzzles. Right. Here's like, oh, you're using the same page that I need for this puzzle. And even we deconstructed the yeah, book. We took the book apart. <laughs> and we still had the problem of, oh, well, our thing's on the back of the page yeah. you're looking at to solve your problem. So it, it so unlock is all cards, and you literally can just split the cards up, and different people work on different puzzles. Interesting. You don't yeah. have, like, the central book you all have to look at. Yeah. So after playing two of the Exit games, I realized that that's way better in Unlock, the way they handle it. It feels more like an actual escape room to me. Yeah. So unlock Gloomhaven, which I mentioned. Dragon Castle. 
What? What? Remember what? Dragon Castle? What is Dragon Castle? That was the Mahjong tile game that we played. Yes. At BGGCon. Yeah, I can't find where to buy that. I want to buy that game. It's supposed to be released uh, by Cool Mini or not Q1 of this year. Okay. So they haven't like. That was fun. That yeah. was a fun game. I'm definitely getting that one. That's going to be a good one in my family. I right. Think. And Century and X Wing. X Wing was new to me this this year. It's true. Last year, and uh, that was my number ten. I uh, I really enjoyed it at Gen Con. I still had fun when we played it again at, at your house, Tim. Yeah. We haven't got to play three yet, so I, I don't know what my final opinion yeah, is. Yeah, my jury's still out. I, I like it. Yeah. I, I can't get over how bad I roll. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Sometimes it happens. The dice go cold. I just realized that I suck at it. Like, Jim, I mean, I felt so bad because Jim was on my team, and I was just making totally new mistakes. Like, well, see, I, and that's, that's where he needs to be kind of, you know... He was or fine. He was just kind out. of teasing me. He was yeah. just, but like, what I, it was kind of funny what I did because I tried to go around and get behind the enemy. Yeah. But then I went and I did this hairpin, this hairpin turn. I turned the wrong way. So I wasted a whole turn getting behind them and I hairpin turned the wrong way. <laughs> You're facing yeah. like, that's great. <laughs> so, I was like, whoops. Yeah, it was just dumb. And then I started Vader like way off the map, like way away from everyone and spent three turns just getting him into the battle. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Apparently I'm really bad, bad at this that's game. That's funny. So, anyways, we'll see. Well, that was our retrospective, 2017. What was that one game we played where you randomly pick a person and then they just win the game? <laughs> what? Oh, Sushi Go. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's oh. my worst game of the year. <laughs> you know what? This just got voted number one People's Choice um, game know, for 2013. Really? So, do these people, do they have the drugs delivered to the house or do they go pick them the up? The narcotics? I, I don't get it. See? I mean, Queen's Necklace. Actually, you know what? Queen's Necklace was worse. Oh, I appreciate that. Queen's necklace was worse. I mean, that there's just it's like a flaw in the rules. I of think the game. I think flea was worse than both of those. Just ask yourself if if someone sat put in front of you right now, sushi go, Queen's necklace and flea. I'd rather play flea. You would play flea over the other two. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I would like dropkick flea across the room. Or like well, but you're not giving me a choice. Those other two games are worse. If if you had to make me pick between Queen's necklace and Sushi Go, I would probably hang myself. <laughs> I, I would not be able to play either of those oh, games again. Man. Sushi Go. At least Sushi Go is done in like, you know, five minutes. Queen's Necklace or never play games the rest of your life. And you can't hang I would yourself. probably play Queen's Necklace and then just ridicule the game <laughs> you can the house whole rule. way through. You can house rule it. Could what, what? House rule it. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, but I don't know if that breaks the yeah, rules. Yeah, that would break the rule. That's yeah. probably what you would do. If I'm allowed to do that, I would do that for sure. <laughs> Why not? You can do whatever you want. House Chris. rules. It's it's your fake world. All right, we need to end this episode. That's the end. We're done. I'm looking forward to the next episode. By the way, I'll encourage the listeners to stay tuned for the next episode. Um, we are going to do listener questions, and it's going to be awesome. Yes, the listeners' corner. And speaking of, what did you just say? Looking forward to and tuning in. I want to make sure everyone knows that we have a blooper reel. Although I don't know if we have a lot of bloopers this episode. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, you sure can, we I'm do. Sure you can find we'll some. probably find some. But we have a blooper reel after the music. So if, if you find the music annoying and you just like turn it off and rage every time, just fast forward to the end of that and uh, listen to the bloopers. Yeah, there are bloopers at the very end. My favorite go, I would encourage everybody to go back and listen to some of the <laughs> old episodes. Yeah. They're really good. My favorite blooper of all time was last episode, actually. Two episodes that ago. That wasn't really fair. Two episodes ago. <laughs> it wasn't even really a blooper. You're talking that about that. Yeah, that was a constructed. Uh, yeah, that was a constructed attack <laughs> yes, against him. Yes. <laughs> it was funny, but you're, using, you're abusing your power yeah, a little bit. I could do that. I'm the editor. All right, that wraps up episode 40. Please check out our website at outofgamepodcast.com. And if you have any friends that you're 
telling about the the podcast, just don't have them go to the, <laughs> the website. Just have them start listening for around episode five. That would be my suggestion. Uh, go to BGG Guild 1990. You can answer questions like, do you think The Godfather is a good game? And Sushi Go or Sushi No? And other and other threads started by none other than Chris Hall. Sushi No. <laughs> uh, while you're on our guild, check out the link to join our Slack group. Slack is where we don't chat about things because there's only 15 people in there. We want to. We it's a good to, way to reach us, though. Yeah. Probably the best way. Yeah. Because we all can all we get it. We all get phone. notifications on the phones. So. Yeah. so go out to our Slack group. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Stitcher at OOG Podcast. You can send us an email at outofgamepodcast at gmail.com. By the way, if you have any listener questions, that is where you should send them. Uh, you can listen listen to our voicemail. You can't listen to our voicemail, but you can leave us a voicemail on the profit line at 40 OOG OOG 80. And for great games and amazing prices, shop at coolstuffinc.com. And for more great podcasts of the Dice Tower Network, go to dicetowernetwork.com. Good night. Good night. Good night. So, future Ryan here. So, you remember that time where we promised you that there were bloopers at the end of the episode? You know, like, a few minutes ago? Well, we don't have any this episode. But this is where you'd find them, if we did have them. And, yeah. Maybe I'll just play an old blooper from a previous one. Since we didn't have one this time. It's this is great podcasting right here. All right, thanks everyone. Bye. There's no way to get gurps. Gerps, 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 gerps.